Hey guys, it's Ashley here with the Well Redeems podcast, giving you today's spoiler warning for this episode, where we are discussing The Shadow of Night, the second book in the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness. This is the second book following A Discovery of Witches. Um, If you haven't read it, this is your final warning that it will get spoiled for you if you keep listening to this podcast, because we're going to talk about the plot, the characters, and our thoughts on the whole thing before we get into the third book, which will be on the next podcast episode. All right. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Well-Read Dames podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Alicia. I'm Susie. And we are here to talk about the second book in the All Souls trilogy by Deborah Harkness, The Shadow of Night. Woohoo! Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into that, we do have some housekeeping items. Uh, one, we've all seen Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. So good. Alicia and I saw it this morning. Susie's already seen it. I I'd saw already... it like opening day. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it last weekend for the first time. I was like, ah, but poorly shed to work so she couldn't go. So yeah. sad. But it was so good. And I'm glad you didn't see any spoilers. So yeah, I immediately saw spoilers the next day on Pinterest. It was like as if Pinterest knew that I had seen the movie. Oh, good. You'd already seen it. Already what, like spoilers it. as to like the thing that happened at the end, end, end? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like spoilers for like in credit scene spoilers yeah. and stuff. Like the only thing that really mattered. Well, yeah. I mean, not. The whole you movie, Matt. The whole movie is so, so good. So good. So much fun. He's like my favorite. Oh my god, I love him. Oh, I actually did kind of cry this time. I didn't cry the first time. I probably cried, but I don't remember what part. It wasn't like there was. Sad. Oh, because of the. Yeah, it wasn't like because anything sad happened. It was just that it was kind of like he's emotional. a kid. He's just. Yeah. I'm so feel like I'm so defensive of Peter Parker. I'm like, leave Protect- him alone, you monsters. Yeah. Very protective. Yes. <laughs> Especially the thing that happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go to sleep that night because yeah. I'm like, that poor baby. What's he going to do? I, I want to go protect him. I don't know how many deals because I couldn't. Out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's just like, the whole time, I'm like, Peter's sad. Stop making Peter sad. I know. Peter's longing. Stop making Peter long for things. <laughs> <laughs> Peter falls. I'm like, oh, how dare you, the Poor ground. <laughs> it's so funny because in real life, he's like 20. Yeah, I know. But yeah. he just seems like such a baby. Oh, it's a sweet little voice, too. So innocent. Yeah. He's anyway, precious. Hilarious. But <laughs> yeah. it's great. Go see it. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite. He's my favorite Spider-Man that I've ever seen. So. By far. Um, sorry, other Spider-Men. You were I mean, they fun, were serviceable. Fun. Yeah. Were... This has gone off the rails. But... <laughs> It's my favorite Spider-Man. Me um, too. Please see it. It's super good. So good. Um, and it's fun. So mm-hmm. also we've picked our next book. Woohoo! Yay. Susie had picks. I think we're going to do like rotational picks um, so that no one dominates. And that would be me because I'm. Well, it's your pushy. podcast. So it's I fine. feel like I'm I dominated though because this was my recommendation. It's a three book series. So. That's fine. No, it's fine. This we time, all wanted bad. to read it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a good change from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm. Although I miss A Court of Thorns and Roses still. Yeah. It was, that's one of those that you do just miss it. Yeah, because yeah, it's good. Probably always will. Yep. <laughs> anyway, but um, <laughs> reread it again. It's going to be like an annual reread. Um, so the point is, we've picked a very different book going forward. Yes. Because Susie brought up really good points. She was like, every book we've read... <laughs> has been written by a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk about your points or why you feel this well, way? So, I don't know. I think I was just, I was getting a little, um, I don't know if angsty is the right word, a little grumpy during these books. And I don't know that it's the book's fault. I think it's just that, 
you know, everything had kind of been a romance. Like, even the ones that weren't romances had romance, which, again, I'm, I don't hate romance. It's not my thing. It's kind of more the way that the romance was written, and it's always written by women, which is fine, again, but I don't always like the way they write men, and I'm kind of interested in seeing other representations of men in love that's not like, oh, you are my life, and I will die for you, because I really don't feel like that's accurate to men. So anyway, that was part of it. Um and we've done a lot of sci-fi, which I love as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought it, I just like the idea of reading something totally different. I really agree with you, um, aside from the fact that I love the books we read. But no, I know. <laughs> I know. So, I like um, them too. I just. But I think it's interesting because I feel like growing up, almost everything that we read or introduced to, especially in school and whatever, is written by men yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of books that I read early on were always written by men. Mm-hmm. And they were generally dead for a really long time. And <laughs> that was it. And I feel like we've had this, like, kind of resurgence of, like, YA and, like, romance. Yeah. Like, not being just, like, the romance book, like, Daniel Steele. Like, actual Ugh. other romance books. No yeah. offense, some people love Daniel Steele. I know. I've never not, read her, It's honestly, never been my so, jam. Yeah, I mean, I've never I read it, know. but that, mm, it's not my She personally was fast. It's fascinating. But <laughs> I've never that. read any of her work. Um, and so... Um, but yeah, like that was always what I thought of about romance books, you know, yeah. um, but there's so much to it. Now I like, I write romantic books now. Like it's so weird. Right. Um, cause it's not what I grew up reading, but I really like it. So I'm glad, but yeah. we're from at least kind of Indiana. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. We've all lived here our whole lives. I was technically born in Illinois and I will hold oh. on to that. Well, technically I wasn't. Midwest. But we are Midwest born and raised. We're Midwest. But Indiana specifically, um... Kurt Vonnegut is from here. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a big author. Yeah. And it's one of those authors that everyone has read and except for me. And like you feel like you here. should. And it's the thing, like it's everywhere in indie, not everywhere, but there's a lot of stuff in indie, like artsy mm-hmm. stuff where they like reference them. Like our favorite pizza place has a Slaughterhouse Five pizza. Yeah. And it's one of those things where people talk about it and you're like, Yeah, Vonnegut's fucking great, obviously. Yeah. But like I don't know. I've never read his work ever. None of us have, I don't think. Nope. So for this next book, after we're done with the third one, which is the next one we'll be doing in the podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is the Book of Life. Book of Life. So once we finish Book of Life, we're going to do Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. I feel like we can't say like woo because I'm pretty sure it's like effed up. It's super oh, fucked like up. Oh, messed up. Read. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I'm also really excited for it. Yeah. So I'm just like really excited to finally read it. And that's going to be great. Yeah. And yay. 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 Um, <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> old white dude. Yeah. yeah. We from Indiana. From women to old white men, you guys. Mm-hmm. We're go- going backward in time. <laughs> but it's supposed to be amazing. So we're yeah. really, really excited. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's all that I had for housekeeping. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your thing that you wrote? Oh, sure. Oh, but your- we'll get to that first. Also... Okay, we'll get into this when we talk about the book. Susie watched the first season yes. of Discovery of Witches. I did. So, which is good, because I felt really bad that you were the only one that hadn't watched it last podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like it a little bit better than the books, I think. Um, and then my stuff that Alicia just brought up, thank you. Not really that big of a deal, but for Susie's podcast with her husband mm-hmm. called The Love It Podcast, mm-hmm. which I look forward to listening to. <laughs> when Same. we finally get it out there. Rex, looking at you. We're working uh, at it. <laughs> <laughs> but once it's published, I'm super excited. Um, they've done one episode, right? 
or maybe two. Well, three. <gasps> They've done three. We just haven't all, posted them yet. Was it all uh, Game of Thrones? So basically, the premise of Love It is it's just a bunch of stuff that we like, and we're going to talk about it. So the first one is our reaction to Game of Thrones right before the finale. Mm-hmm. The second one is when Ashley came over and we talked about all of Game of Thrones after the finale. The third one, we talked to our friend Hope about the women of the MCU. Oh, very cool. Nice. She's great for that. Yeah, so we're basically going to be talking about nerdy stuff, but we're also going to branch out into other things. But my nerdsomeness is all Harry Potter. Yes. So there's going to be lots of Harry Potter. Like, we're going to do one on each year. So we'll talk about the books and the movie. And so there's going to be a lot. And then Rex came up with the idea of having people write fan fiction about Harry Potter. So I'm going to write one. I have not done it yet. But I'm going to write one about Tonks and Lupin because I love them. And we asked Ashley to write one. And right away, she's like, oh, my God, I know what I'm going to write. And, like, I think you already had it, like, mapped out in your head before we even asked you. So that's what what she's talking about. It was a song as old as time in my head. No, I was, yeah. I also, uh, Susie got me into Harry Potter as Sid Alicia. That's right. Um, back in the day, Alicia got really into Harry Potter, and I made fun of her. Yep. So I was a jerk. <laughs> Susie sided with me because she was already into it, mm-hmm. so we, like, teamed up against Ashley. Literally, yep. we were putt-putt golfing. What were we, like, were we 16 or 17? I think we were 16. Some Something in there. Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. yes. Which would make Alicia, like, 13 or 14. Yeah. And I, like, made fun of Alicia, and Susie, we, like, locked yourself basically up all summer and just read all seven books or whatever. So, or not seven. They, they weren't, weren't all out by They then. weren't all out by <laughs> Like, all five books. Or whatever. Uh, we, we had all four, and then the fifth book came out yeah. after I finished the fourth one. So, yeah. yeah. So, she just, like... Her, through. her best friends would be like, do you want to go do stuff? And she was like, no. And she would just be reading Harry Potter. <laughs> I hung out with my <laughs> friends. I didn't like recluse myself. But I read two of the books mm-hmm. when we were at grandma's and you guys didn't want to play. And I got bored. <laughs> Whatever. And she had Danielle Steele <laughs> options. So I broke <laughs> down. Danielle Steele or Harry Potter. I broke Daniel down. <laughs> there was very limited any other books there. And the library wasn't an option. So yeah. Anywho. So, but yeah. So then Susie was like, you're an idiot. Harry Potter's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I accidentally said something to your mom that came off really rude. Because I said something like, well, just get on your broom and fly away. But I was in Harry Potter world. Yeah. And like everyone started laughing, thinking I made like a mean joke at your mom. And I'm like, no, I just mean, oh, yeah. I guess I'm calling you a witch. And I don't mean to. It still applies. I have that memory. I know standing in putt-putt, I oh, said something to your mom about getting on her broom but I didn't mean it that way epic Susie stuff right there is amazing that's funny Um, she'll laugh when she hears that it's hilarious but so yeah so since then I then at that point I started reading them and I fell completely in love and realized how much of an idiot I was Mm -hmm. um and yeah now we're all obsessed completely so uh but I wrote mine about uh uh, alternative kind of obviously it's fan fiction so mm-hmm. I changed some of the romance because that's kind of at the end and we'll talk about this on your podcast it's yeah. like I had some issues with some of the pairings when I read them and then like when she wrapped it 10 years ago or whatever now yeah. and then when she wrote Cursed Child I felt like that enforced my beliefs and I was like oof and so <laughs> then I fell down like other fan fiction Harry Potter rabbit holes which exist all over the internet yeah um, yes they do I've shallowly fallen into that with mine, too. Right. And so I became a big fan of Draco and Hermione, and I think that makes more sense. And I know that that sounds very shocking at first because we all hate Draco so much, but I'm going to try and change your mind on that. Yeah. Because I wrote uh, my fan fiction about them falling in love 
all from Draco's perspective. I really like her take. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia told me it was the best thing I've ever written, which is <laughs> fucking great. Because she, and she rolled her eyes at you. Because <laughs> she's reading the book I wrote myself <laughs> from original ideas right now. <laughs> and how I meant it was it felt like it could have come right off of J.K. Rowling's books. And that's what was impressive to me. Like, it was so fluid and yeah. natural. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, not, not that, that I don't <laughs> like your book. Your books are so good. <laughs> your book is so good. So no, it came off wrong. <laughs> I'm not fishing for compliments. On I my get book. it, but no, but it's it was it made me laugh because she told me yesterday, and I like I was like, well, thanks. I guess like, it's the best thing you've ever written. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> not how I meant it. It's free. Um, I'm gonna figure out a way to publish it for free, and then yeah. anyone could read it. But yeah. I will charge for my book because that is my original ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to record that. And yes, I'm it's super fun podcast, so I'm really Thank excited. Um, and yeah, 12, almost 13 minutes in, we can get into <laughs> this All Souls trilogy, you guys. Cool. Do we want to talk about the, the show, show first? Yes. So take it. Take so it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Unfortunately, like I've slept at least five times since then. Mm. <laughs> so my brain doesn't work very well. But I did like a lot of it better than the books, I think. Matthew didn't bother me as much mm. as in the books. <laughs> Um, and, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, I don't read the books. I listen to them. So it's I get different representations. Um, there were just – there were some things that were different. We talked about this last time. I liked that they fleshed out Satu and Juliet. I am on the fence about Jillian mm-hmm. because they made her – more sympathetic yes in the books it was like cool she's dead because she's a terrible person in the show it's like he killed a nice person that was just being manipulated by the people she was told to trust and follow so that made me not like matthew Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that was like um i think that was incredibly uncalled for um one thing i will say about that is that later in the show like, in the books, Matthew kills Jillian, right. as we discussed last time. Yeah. And then in the show, and, and when he's asked about it, he says, yeah, I did it. Like, mm-hmm. she broke in and stole your DNA, tried to steal your DNA information. Yeah. I killed her. Yeah. He does not deny it. Right. In the show, I don't think he killed her mm-hmm. because he says he didn't kill her. Like well, he Satu, said she was alive when I left her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Satu says, tells her that Jillian was killed, and she asked Matthew, and he says, no, she, I left her alive. So you think she'll come back in later? I think that they that could make happen. her more sympathetic. And because yeah. we really don't, I mean, not that she would really even be in season two very much at all based on the right. book that I just season read. Three. Uh, but maybe season three she'll yeah. come back in because they did change her character a lot. Yeah, so, a lot. She's, I think, the biggest change, really. I, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. So I wouldn't I, be surprised if in the show she's alive still. Sure. I don't know. The other, if she's not dead, if she is dead, I would think maybe the witches just finished her off then with like no remorse. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. Um, the other thing was that kind of shocked me is Gerbert had the witch head that, <laughs> that didn't exist in the books. I don't think. <laughs> well, they said that he had had 
a witch, like, in his... Enthralled, but I didn't know he was carrying around a head in a basket. It was hilarious because my husband did not watch basically any of the show because I watched the first episode and I was like, my husband will not like this at all. Like, he will hate this so much. And then I'll basically... It would be like if I watched Twilight with him. Like, he will just Mm -hmm. make fun of it the whole time. And I don't like when people make fun of things that I like. No one does. Um, But so he did not watch it. But of course he, like, came in and was, like, eating food or something. (laughs) And he was like, what is with this head in a box? I was like, it's a witch that he has enthralled. And he yeah. was like, but she would be dead. She's a witch. She, you can't just be beheaded. You know? I was like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's a He thing. was like, is, is she a vampire? His blood's bringing her to life? I was like, I don't know. I well, like, I, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, sense. it has to be loosely based on that because he keeps, like, giving her his blood. But yeah. anyway. And just a small amount of it. So yeah. just enough to, like, I mean, I don't know. Burns. It's very weird. I like Satu more in the show, though, too. I do, yeah. too. And I think a sp- there's uh, there's a reveal that I'm not going to say that comes later that okay. if they do it in the show, which I'm sure they will, helps explain even a little bit more. But, yeah, I like Satu because I actually, like, I want her to eventually be on our side, but she's not, you know, she's not. Yeah, she's <laughs> but like- the way that they paint her in the show, I feel like maybe she she could come over to our side because on the show i don't feel like she's really on peter knox's side either Mm-mm. she's brought into the congregation by peter knox and he's right. like the head of the witches but like he's really mean messed up to her in the show i felt like even more than in the yeah books. Yeah, yeah and if he is in the books i mean that would make sense but we just don't see it yeah and in the show you see it you see it a lot um but yeah i liked it i liked how they did the end um the one thing that always bothers me and i mentioned this in the last podcast, and I mentioned this when I was talking to you earlier, <laughs> I think it's real stupid that Matthew never told her where they were going, so they couldn't do pre-research mm-hmm. and get clothes and, like, you know, something to make them help fit in. Mm-hmm. And um, and I feel like, you know, the rebuttal to that would be, oh, but someone could read their minds or whatever, but there was no one there in the books. In the show, I think they do a better job of having them, like, they're outside their house. They know where they are. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a little more immediacy in the show, so I kind of like how they do that. I totally forgot about that, and I like that, too, because in the show, like, in the books, they just go. And they give out the candy at Halloween, and she dresses like a witch. Which I kind of like that part. It was kind of fun. It wasn't that it wasn't fun, but there's, like, there's a sense of urgency in their life. You know, like, they're going back in time because they need to hide from these people that are out to get them. Right. And it's, like, planning in front of your house with the sign that says, I'm passing out Halloween candy (laughs) isn't really hiding or trying to get away. So, I don't know. So, but I liked in the show that there was kind of, it felt more immediate. Like, they showed up as she was, like, time-walking them out. Um, my, I like that part. My mom was like, what do you think happened? I was like, well, I think that she time walked them probably back in time. Like, I hadn't started this book yet. Well, but I was like, I think that it worked. I was like, I think that they just made it look like, you know, a cliffhanger. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that because they show up at the house and then they're just gone, you know? Yeah. And I think that they were, like, in the pole barn. They weren't even in the house, I don't think. Or maybe they're right. in the attic or something. Yeah. But... I think in the book they were in the pole barn, maybe. I think they yeah. were in the book in the pole barn. But in the yeah. show, I think it was the attic. Yeah. But either way, yeah. Yeah, either way, I liked I liked what they did with the book and the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the first book, as we talked about before. But I, I felt like the show kind of pulled, like, expanded things that helped and pulled some stuff together yeah. kind of tighter. You know what I mean? Agreed. Definitely. So I'm really excited to see what the show is going to do with season two. Yeah. That being true. said, because Definitely. this book is so much different than book one. Yeah. Um, basically, where they time walk at the end of book one, back in time, 
And I was like, we're going back in time. Like, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, except for they go, like, 1591 or whatever. Yeah. And they end up at Matthew's estate again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're enveloped immediately in his group of friends known as the Shadow of Night, mm-hmm. which is the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, I felt the beginning of this book was hard for me to get into again. Like, the first book was kind of hard to get into. It did. It, it probably took like four or five chapters, which that's not that long, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, the, the book one ends so like exciting, you know? And then you have to go back. And <laughs> I did. I'm going to try to pull back because this book um, kind of, it bothered me at points. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you're exactly right. There's all this immediacy at the end and they're going and they're like we're gonna figure out the book we're gonna get you trained in witchcraft we're gonna hide from these terrible people and i'm not gonna tell you where we're going but we're gonna go there and i think at the end it's revealed does she see the book from kit marlowe and know they're going back so so they show up and then it's like my vision it's skewed to me it feels like 200 pages again i don't know it feels like 200 pages of matthew just doing his life in that time and it's like why can't you just go on your journey and do what you need to do go on an adventure like i don't know and i thought that was weird because i would think if you were going to go back like if i was going to go back in time i would want to go to a time where i had not already been like i would want to almost be like a new person in a new place like i would be like you know what i was never in like chicago in the 20s it yeah. was crazy. I'm yeah. going to go to Chicago because I'm not going to run into anyone I know. Right. I'm not going to run, run into myself. myself. Well, I guess it. And I, they eliminated that, which I thought this was weird, was is when Matthew goes back because he lived then as well, um, or was a vampire then or whatever you consider that, he basically replaces himself. He like yeah. blinks himself out of existence in that timeline. And so then he kind of has to pick up his life mm-hmm. because there's no one else to do it. And that causes problems. Yeah. Because for all the people that know him at that moment, just one day he's Matthew, and the next day he's Matthew from hundreds of years later, and he's very different. But also, I feel like if he had told Diana where they were going, Mm -hmm. sat down, and they could have hashed out a plan together. Like, this is what happened. This is who exactly who I was. Yeah. This is who I was with. These are the events that could affect today's timeline so let's figure out how to automate those things when we get back and let's go peace out and do our thing like I I hate I feel like his secrecy is used as a plot device throughout all of these books to kind of just be like well I just didn't tell you right (laughs) so now there's all these other problems so yeah, it just it does of... make me feel bad for Diana. Yeah, because she'll yes. be like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "By the way, I'm a spy." And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Oh, and I'm on the congregation." Like both of those things happen in this book. Those are big yeah, things, and she... especially since the congregation is trying to keep them. Well, and I feel like part of it, mm-hmm. and not justifying by right, is I think it's his protectiveness of her, and he's just like, "I'm trying to protect her from it." But it's like, yeah. yo, like you have gone back in time. She needs right. to know all the things. Like right. you don't get to be her like knight in shining armor and like keep Absolutely. her safe because you can't keep her safe if. She doesn't know what in she needs to In the height of the for. witch trials. And- yes. <laughs> like, she's a very vulnerable state right now. Right. And, like... She doesn't know how to use her magic. She, yeah. She's... Yeah. So, I feel like that also really bothered me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he likes it, though. I feel like he enjoys that control. Yeah. Because he's... Vampires are all about protectiveness and control in, this, in these books. Like, these are their primary traits. Right. And he has, like, a headstrong, supposedly powerful woman that yes. he's in love with mm-hmm. who, you know, he can't control. And so, I feel like almost going back to this time... 
where she's supposed to be smaller and supposed to be able to hide behind him mm-hmm. was probably like I mean he didn't exactly pick Appealing. the time either but right. I feel like he likes it mm-hmm. and he's like I don't need to tell you these things because you're not supposed to be involved in my affairs right. go run a household you know and she's like we are here for three reasons yeah. to find the book mm-hmm. <laughs> to help me learn about how to use my powers because mm-hmm. they're confusing and um to hide from the congregation, which is currently trying to kill us in our current oh, time. and you're on the congregation, leading but, it, right? Surprise, you're on the congregation <laughs> now. Yeah, and so, but maybe he thought, because I'm on the congregation, they won't bother her. I don't know, you know, they won't know about her. Whatever. So, but we'll, we'll, we're going to move past this right now and just kind of yeah. get into it. But it, for that reason, I felt like it was hard to get into, because we're immediately launched into, like, five new characters mm-hmm. immediately, and I don't like most of them. There's one. There's that we only like. one whose name I can't. I think it's George. Is George, his name George? George Wallace? No, Maybe. that's a different person. I think the one that I liked wasn't a famous person, whereas every yeah. single other person that is he knew famous. is yes. someone from. And he might have been from history, but like I don't know yeah. European history well enough. Um, but I will say, if anybody listening to this listened to the Audible version, mm-hmm. this character that I'm talking about had a very pronounced lisp. Very pronounced. And it's written in the description that he does. And I love Jennifer Ikeda. She's the one that did half of the Court of Thorns and Roses. Mm-hmm. She's great. And I get that you have to have different voices. But it was borderline not okay. <laughs> but it got to be comforting because every time I heard this very over-the-top exaggerated lisping person it was like warmth and like you're the only <laughs> nice person until we meet like the kids that they randomly adopt right and gallo glass but Gallo-glass, yeah that's yeah. basically it everyone is the total asshole to diana which you yeah. say, which is weird because one they're in matthew's house yeah and mm-hmm. most of what i know about modern and especially the past is you don't insult the host of the house um, especially their spouse yeah. but he just kind of shows up and he's supposed to be somewhere else yeah He's supposed to be, like, on his way to, like, Scotland or somewhere else. And he just kind of, like, shows up at home. No one's expecting him. And he has this super tall woman who's, like, twice the age of, like, marryable women at this point. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks that she's got to be divorced. She's been married before, you know. Maybe she's a widow or whatever. Not divorced because that would also be scandal. Yeah. So they assume that she's been, like, a widow, you know. And everyone's just, like, insulting her and rude to her. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, like, when Kit shows up, the one guy's like, go outside and come back in again. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, what sort of strange prostitute did you bring home for yourself, Matthew? Yeah. They also show up in, like, handmade, like, nightgowns and stuff. Yeah, and then they have to, like, find have. people to, like, make her a dress because she's so uh, freakishly yeah. large for the time and, like, make her shoes. I felt really bad for her in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And she's, like, a spectacle. And basically, Matthew's, yeah. like, really protective at this point because her her accent's all fucked up yeah. you know it's it's so apparent she doesn't fit in at right. all um and so but matthew's like i'm gonna help you get a witch that's gonna help with your powers because mm-hmm. it's one of the main reasons they're there yeah. and they don't really have any leads on where the book is at this point but mm-hmm. we can definitely start to get you help with your powers so this old witch and i don't remember her name uh shows up but doesn't she's matter. like she's like the stereotypical what you think of like a an old like craggly witch you know what i yeah. mean haggard. yeah haggard yeah she's like haggard and she's like warts on her face and even diana's like what you know <laughs> at first she's like you don't have any witch powers or whatever and then she's like she realizes that she does diana's like well i can do this and diana's powers have changed for some mm-hmm. reason you know and so she like makes the fruit like decompose in her hand or something yeah and this woman's like you're bad you witch and i'm like you're a witch you're a witch and so but the witches are all very like 
almost like prejudiced and afraid of each other at this point because it's in the it's, height of the witch trials. It's like half and half. They're either like terrible, just in general. Mm-hmm. The witches in this book are either terrible, horrible, awful people or they're great motherly caring <laughs> covens. Two types. <laughs> but it's also kind of like, I mean, that's how humans are. Yeah. I mean, people are that way, so I don't hate it. But yeah, she's just like, um, I'm going to tell him you're a witch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm going to tell everyone. Um, and and Kit is like, most of the people there are like creatures of some type. Mm-hmm. Matthew's the only like vampire. Where? Oh, However they say it. <laughs> she does the very pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she's. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, audible. And so. I didn't add that in my own mind. Uh, <laughs> you did or no, did not? Did okay. Not. No. I was like, whatever weird word for vampire. <laughs> um, but, like, most of them are, like, demons or whatever. Um, and so, but they don't like that she's a witch. They're like, there can't be a witch here. Matthew hates witches. And Matthew's like, I'm married to her. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> but so, basically, it's kind of a flop with the first witch. Um, and before they really get a chance to even get her proper shoes or anything else, mm-hmm. um, Matthew's dad, Philip, who is still alive in this timeline, um, has heard word that his son was supposed to arrive somewhere two days before and then did not, has assumed that his son has been killed, probably. Mm-hmm. And so we send a request, and this is where Galaglass comes in, mm-hmm. who is Matthew's nephew, yeah. who we like very much, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping we'll have a big part in book three, because I know that he's in the t- current time mm-hmm. as well. I was scared, because I really like this character, and I was like, why didn't I meet him in book one? Is he dead? And then I was like, don't let Galaglass be dead. But um, at least he wasn't at the end of book two, you guys. <laughs> um, but so we were like, Galaglass. And he and he's, like, not mean to Diana, which is nice. He starts yeah. calling her, like, his aunt immediately or whatever. Auntie. Yes. He's like, auntie. oh, auntie. Auntie. Yeah, he's hilarious. So um, he's like, well, you've got to go see your dad or he's going to start a war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Matthew's like, oh, I've got to go. But, of course, it's going to be hard for Matthew because his dad is dead. And Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you know how Philippe truly died? I think I do. How do you think he died? Okay. So, <laughs> Philippe in uh, the sure. World War II era yeah. was captured and tortured by witches. Okay. Um, which is why uh, Matthew's mom killed a bunch of witches in South America. Okay. Um, and so, and then he basically lost his mind. Like, he, I thought the witches killed him, but no, the, the, he was alive. He got, like, saved, but he was, like, mentally broken mm-hmm. and beyond repair. Mm-hmm. And couldn't, like, pull himself out of whatever it was. Like, he was just lost. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew ended up being the one that drained him. Okay, that's what I was trying yeah. to get to. Yes. So, yeah. So, the last time he saw his father, he killed him. Because <laughs> so he asked him to kill him. wish, yes. Yeah. yeah. But you still did it. You know what I mean? And so, that's got to be extraordinarily hard yeah. and traumatizing. So, he's like, I can't go see my dad. And Galaglass is like, I don't really know what the hell's going on with you. But you've got to go see him right. immediately. Uh, but also, Galaglass will not see Philip. Because um, Galaglass's dad got killed, and I think it was because of like some... like he just doesn't go to Septor anymore. Yeah. Ever since his dad died, because I think he blames Philip for his dad's death. Yeah, I can't remember. Not that, it's, not that Philip killed his dad, but yeah. he blames Philip for some reason. Put him in that situation or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> but either way, so Galaglass like takes them there, but won't go to Septor's. Yeah. And I thought of Susie when I was reading this because last podcast she said that every time that we're set up. To, like, really, like, be afraid of a character. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not scary or, like, we end up liking them. Yeah. And they turn super quick. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Um, and so I, like, but it's funny because Susie and I have discovered that we have different opinions of Philip. Yes, we do. Because mm. I liked him. I liked Philip. 
I felt like I was being forced to like Philippe. Uh-huh. They call him Philippe in the you know, Philippe. in the podcast. Yes. A podcast. This is the podcast. I felt <laughs> like it was being forced, um, and I felt like he turned a little too quickly, and he mm-hmm. was using his "I'm doing this for your own good" to be a terrible, shitty person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but I get liking him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just felt like it was being forced down my throat. Right. I was just really happy to have a break from Christopher Marlowe. So. Yeah, I really Same. hated him. He's the worst. We should cover his character because he's part of the Shadow of Night. He wrote, he's a real person, Christopher Marlowe. He wrote Dr. Faustus, the book, it turned into a play. I don't care for it. No offense. It's not great. I mean, Um, it's literarily great. Is that a word? Um, It's not a personal favorite. Yeah, not a favorite. I will say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I feel like if he was the only one that was famous and all of his friends, Mm -hmm. that would have been okay. And it would have been cool to like hate him and like have this figure that like we all know and we hate. Or it would have been fun to have like, you know, Will Shakespeare be that character. Shakespeare's right there, you guys. Because if you're going to go with somebody that's super obvious, just go super obvious. Anyway, um, yeah, he's terrible. Mm -hmm. He's in love with Matthew. Matthew. Like Which crazy. was kind of fun, but also kind of like, well, it's not Diana's fault that he doesn't love you. But he so. doesn't just love Matthew. He's not just in love with Matthew. He's a demon, and it's like a crazy love. Like, it's yeah. like a dangerous kind of, yeah. we'll like do obsession. anything to have you love. Right. You know? And he knows it's not reciprocated, but he is convinced it could be. And he yeah. now hates Diana because she's the first person, I'm sure, that he's ever seen kind of hold this place in Matthew's life. Mm -hmm. So he immediately fixates his jealousy and envy or whatever that is onto Diana as if I just get rid of her, then I have Matthew and his attentions all back to myself. Just done. Mm -hmm. I also don't understand why Matthew ever was friends with him. (laughs) But he probably stroked his ego back when he, like, needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also is just, like, a drunk who spends all the money and Matthew's always getting him out of financial situations. Yeah. Like, Maybe. where do I get a friend like that where I can just be, like, irresponsible weirdo? And they'll be like, yeah. oh, bail you out of all of your problems. I think yeah. that was Matthew needing to have, like, take care of somebody that was that more of a mess than himself. And Maybe. he wasn't really in a romantic relationship, but he had, like, that person that Some he cared for and loved. Yeah. And knew, like, loved him more, but he was like, ooh, no. You know? Because they're supposed be. to be best friends. Yeah. He yeah. considered him a best Yeah, but, I mean. Diana even calls him his best friend later. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you're his best friend or whatever. And I feel like at some point... Like, before we know where he's going and he has the book mm-hmm. and, like, he says something like, oh, I miss my friend or something that that's clear that he really did legitimately care about him and I don't understand why. No, but, but he's I also, not likable at all. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not. But I think with Diana not there, maybe he was a better version of himself and wh- he brought out the like, worst qualities of himself, which is why we're like, wow, that was... Because I'm sure there's people in real life that, like, mm-hmm. if... Th- I've never had anyone obsessed with me, which is a good thing, I guess. Same. <laughs> but, you know, if you're alone with that person, they clearly, like, want you to like you. So I guess I get it, mm-hmm. but you would think, like, Sir Walter Raleigh and all the other random people that were there would be like, um, you're coming on a little too hot, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they like, tone it down. They yeah. don't seem to like Kit very much either. Yeah, like, no. Because when something him. happens and he's, like, kind of outcast, they're all just like, yeah. 
Yeah, they're like, he sucks. We're glad <laughs> he's, he's gone. Ostracized right <laughs> About <now."> time. <laughs> like, he's anyway. so annoying. Because, yeah, so also before they leave, Kit runs his mouth in the town and tells everyone that Diana's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> During the height of the witch trials. Right. He's like, yeah, you know that really strange woman that Matthew brought home? She's a witch, you know? Mm-hmm. And he gets everyone riled up. And they tell Matthew, like, the whole school of night knows what he's doing. And Matthew's just kind of like, well, we're going to go to visit my dad, so who cares? And, like, people you know? from the town show up, too, because based yeah. on him and that witch lady, mm-hmm. they, they, like, show up and interrogate him or her or something. And yeah. they're like, okay, well, we got to go anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. it's The whole thing's super weird. I forgot about that. But, yeah, so he's already causing, like, problems, you yeah. know, like, purse, like, dangerous problems for Diana. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to matter, because suddenly we leave and go to Septors. So mm-hmm. I was, like, relieved to get away from, like, that mess, because mm-hmm. I was like, this is too much. Um, so, but, of course, uh, Philippe does not accept her as Matthew's wife, because Matthew's like, we're married, and Philippe's like, you've never banged. You know? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I, I can see. smell it. You haven't sexed her up. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so super gross. gross. Yeah. They've only bundled whatever <laughs> weird thing that is. Just super like, annoying. Your yes. son, Philippe, like, figure out his problems. But, yeah. yeah. And so he, like, doesn't accept Diana. And so he kind of does the same thing that, like, um, his mom did, where she, he, like, tries to, like, separate them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can stay in our weird daughter's room. But, yeah. you know, there's all these rules. And, and he's like, he, he brings out Matthew's blood rage, which this was... One of the spoilers that I got before I got to this part of the book. But it still didn't end up being that big of a deal, it didn't seem like. But it's almost like a disease is the way I think of it, Mm -hmm. is they don't know why or how. And it's not always passed down, but it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Once you start to feed, you can't stop. Like, you basically kind of, like, lose your control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Philippe purposely gets Matthew to lose control so he can show Diana basically the monster that Matthew hates about himself mm-hmm. and he's like this is who your husband is you know yeah <laughs> um and Diana's like I don't care I love him <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't stop me he's um, also fed on me already yeah, yeah yes he has um and Philippe doesn't like that but then, like, once that happens, Philippe's just like, I accept you as my daughter. Like, it's an immediate switch. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, marks her with his blood or whatever. Yeah, um, and, like, somehow that makes him his daughter yeah. through tradition. And, like, it's a binding thing. Yeah. So it's suddenly like she's accepted. Vampire magic. Yeah. And he's like, we've got to have a wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, you've got to really bang it out for real this time. Um, so at least it's not as awkward as in, I know you've read Outlander. Yeah. But like there, have you? I have not, but you can tell me. It's not really a spoiler. It's just when they have to get married for a purpose other than love and like everyone's in the end, like listening to them bang. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I feel like in this, they're just like, just go upstairs and I'll know because I'll smell it or something. Like he says at one point, he's like, get out of here before people want to go like, pay attention to you doing yeah. it, basically. Because yeah. that used to be, like, a thing to make sure the, the marriage was consummated. Yeah. But everyone's, like, having fun at the wedding, and Philippe's like, you better go run off now before yeah. people st- lose interest in, like, the festivities out here. Right. So awkward. It's so awkward. Yeah. So well, they did that in Game of Thrones, too. They did. In the Red Wedding. Oh, the Red yes. Wedding. <laughs> right before everyone dies, they, like, carry them out to go have sex. Yes. So, yep. uh, oh, spoiler, be, I guess. Um, <laughs> more exciting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not only do you get to go and see the happy couple, but then you get to, like, listen slash watch them have sex. Like, yeah. And that's weird. Early day porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so gross. Yeah, that's time when you're not allowed to show your ankles. Everyone gets to watch and get yeah. fucked at your wedding. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, times are weird. Yeah. So, but yeah, so they have this whole thing. And I don't know, the thing that continually bothers me in this book is like, her name is Diana. And they're like, you're like the goddess. I'm like, mm-hmm. lots of bitches are named Diana. Okay. It is a common name. Right. Diana, Diane, Princess Di. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There's just, like, it's a very common name, and it yeah. has been for a long time. And everyone's like, you call upon the wrath of the goddess. Like, the witches all believe in the goddess, and that's fine. But everyone, and it's like, a prov- this book especially, they kept hitting it so hard. Like, Phil- uh, Philippe has her, like, go and do, like, a altar sacrifice almost, although nothing dies, thankfully, mm-hmm. um, to, like, an old worship place of Artemis who is the Greek equivalent and original of Diana you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. and he's like she's accepted your offering or whatever and it's like it's continual throughout the thing yeah and I'm like she was just named Diana like it drives me insane um I mean we know in this that Diana is real but like it's also yeah because she's yes. the one that shows yeah. up in the first book but it is kind yeah. of funny that like would Philippe really like worship Diana like it does seem uh-huh. kind of weird it's that weird. he would know is Philippe Catholic? Because Matthew's Catholic. Yeah. Okay. I think he technically is, but he, he's older than Christianity. Oh, that's true. So he doesn't... Maybe like all like the gods. That's like a new religion. So I think he's more the old gods. Gotcha. Because he's like, Matthew's God has his own ceremony, but so does mine or whatever. Oh, so I get... Right. Okay. Maybe... Maybe. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> but it can t- it's a theme through all of these books, and we'll get to that. But it just kind of drives me insane. Because everyone's like, oh, God is the hunt. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that everyone named Diana today, every place they go, people aren't like, oh, you're named after the goddess of the hunt. Right. Oh, do you like deer and bows? And <laughs> do you have a pet wolf? Like... It, I don't know. Drive she me, should it, have a pet wolf. That'd be like, cool. Artemis is one of my favorite Greek goddesses. Yeah. Um, I prefer Artemis to Diana, um, probably because it sounds more like a goddess name. I don't know. But I like. I, she's one of my favorites, 110%, because mm-hmm. she's a total badass. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It just And I think that's kind of why it bothers me a little bit, because I'm like, oh. You know, like, <laughs> this woman is not the embodiment of the goddess Diana, whatever. Um, <laughs> I feel like if they had made a point of letting us in on the story of her naming like maybe they got mm-hmm. a sign or something like that yes or something. like maybe that would make more sense like she was chosen i don't yeah. know but who knows it doesn't matter but it's it's just that it irks me and it will continue to come up during this book so anyway so third sub tours they get married it's fun um and then they get called away because matthew is once again kind of immersed in his old life this is where we find out that he is also a spy and now they have to go to london um because who is he a spy for? Dun, dun, dun. No other than Queen Elizabeth Cause herself. Because she knows everybody. Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth, you know, King Henry VIII's her dad, Anne Boleyn's her mom. It's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big historical focal point. Yes. Um, and apparently Matthew used to work for her dad. And so she knows that he's a vampire. Um, and he is part of her council. And she calls him her shadow. And it seems like you shouldn't be able to do that. Because aren't they? They're not supposed to like meddle in politics, like, politics yes. and yeah. stuff, and that's pretty much exactly what he's doing by being a spy and passing information. Yeah, yeah. And then like I, I was flipping through, and like he asked, she asked him to make her like veiledly asked, mm-hmm. like, "Can you make me aware?" And he's like, "No, I can't get involved in politics." I'm like, but you are, and I'm sure she has that same argument. Like, well, why are you here <laughs> talking to me my whole life? I yes. Don't know. Um, why are you helping change the course of history? I don't know, but it's it was a thing, and I meant to bring this up, and she's kind of already touched on it. Last book is 
I, I was like, why does, like, he knows every famous person, like, at the time, like, any notable person. And I think this isn't just my problem with this book, but, like, historical kind of fiction in general mm-hmm. is it's never like, oh, I go back in time and, like, um, mates with, like, William Shakespeare. Like, we're friends. We grew up together. I know Billy Shakes. It's fine. No, <laughs> it's like, you know everyone, you know? And I'm like, look at all of the notable people alive today. You know, I was like, and in the modern book, thankfully, I'm like... He's not, like, hanging out with Elon Musk, you know? <laughs> He's not, like, getting going boating with, like, Mark Zuckerberg and, like, calling Barack Obama on his cell phone. Like, right. it's, it's not – he's not as connected in our current timeline. He is, like, a reclusive professor that doesn't teach classes right. at Oxford and has no online presence. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, very different than – I mean – the current estate. It might be today just because he would get noticed more than back then, but still it's like, yeah, are really all these people going to be in the same, I mean, I guess to an extent they would be in the same place. The only thing I could really think of is especially working for Knights of Lazarus and Mm -hmm. then working for his dad as well, like he was frequently sent on errands and missions and different things to accomplish and maybe that's how he Mm -hmm. got like introduced and I mean, just like today's time when, like, you're that famous person, you have those connections where you meet other people. Yeah. And so maybe that's how he also that got to meet those people. But, yeah, definitely yeah. nowadays, like, where you could not hide, it's harder to even mask that you're a vampire. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. not be noticed. But back then, like, photography wasn't really a big thing. At this moment, we're talking about there's paintings and stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a little easier to kind of escape by and... You can even just go to another country for a long time, you yeah. know, and just True. travel amongst the world and it's not true. really get the, you know, dots connected. I don't know. It just kind of, like, was weird. You I know, know what, what you mean, mean, though. But, yeah, that's the only way I kind of envisioned it, at least. So, like, oh, yeah. Master Shakespeare is around the corner. And I'm like, of course come he is. on, you guys. Yeah. He's like, just hanging out. I know that he was alive at the same time, but, oh. But, so, it, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think you should limit your famous people list to, like, three people. Like, especially if one of them is going to be Queen Elizabeth. Like, yeah. if that's one of your characters, like, your other characters don't all get to be William Raleigh and William Shakespeare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Christopher Marlowe. Just, like, everyone that you can think of. Like, if you can Google the time period, you shouldn't use every name on the list that pulls up. Right. But whatever. I digress. I know. I agree with you. I get you. Outlander is the same way. Um, it's not as bad until the fourth book. In the fourth yeah. book, they're, like, at a party with George Washington and... Oh, goodness. I stopped reading them at the fourth book. I've never finished the fourth Outlander yeah. book. Is it that blue one right over there? It's, uh... Um, no. Mm-hmm. It's even longer than any of those books down there. Mm-hmm. It's over here somewhere. It's in one but of my files. <laughs> I would say skip the books and do the show. Cause, yes. Because the show, you get to look at him and it's better. I anyway, know. I digress. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but So anyway, but like I found a lot of similarities. Probably one more time traveling. Um, and there's kind of like this different thing. But it, it, this book is kind of like an adventure book, you know? Because yeah. every like section we're in a new place. Or meeting new characters for the first time. But, like, what bothered me was, like, a, not a lot is happening with the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot. Of, they're not getting close to the book. They're mm-hmm. not learning about her abilities mm-hmm. as a witch. You know, they're 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 hiding from the congregation pretty well, I guess. <laughs> so one of their three. So they're accomplishing that. But not really because he's the congregation now, but whatever. Like, the congregation's in your bed. <laughs> it's called coming from Sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's so weird. Um... But, You're not doing anything. Like, you went back to the 14, 1500s, mm-hmm. and it, 
you're just not doing anything. And she's like adopting children as she goes. This yeah. is driving me insane because like she ends up like, well, we'll get so they just get to London, mm-hmm. and there's this creep named Father Hubbard yeah. who was a priest back in the day, um, and he got like the, the plague, kind of plague or yeah. something or illness, and he kind of lost his marbles. But since he was so good, a vampire turned him into a vampire, but he still is crazy. Um, but he's kind of started like his own church now, um, and he only includes creatures so his church is made up of uh of vampires and demons and witches mm-hmm. and so he immediately kind of wants to claim diana because he's like you're in my territory yeah. and you must like pay me tribute or whatever you know yeah and the way he does it is he like he uh, he'll accept her as like part of his family but he has to drink her blood but by drinking her blood he'll know all of her secrets yeah and, he, and so obviously they don't want that because then she'll they'll know that she's like a time walking witch, yep. you know. So they get away around it with like she luckily outsmarts him with the fact that like Philip Philippe like marked her as his son or right. a daughter, sorry, yeah. as a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because of that, she is a part of the De Claremont family, and she cannot be a part of his family too or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You've outwitted me this time, witch," you know. <laughs> um, then he, like, sure. He sends this girl Annie to basically spy on her, mm-hmm. which luckily doesn't take him that long to figure out. But um, Annie's the first kind of adopted child, mm-hmm. and then they also kind of like adopt like a pickpocket, which also reminded Jack. me of Outlander. Yeah, immediately because this also happens uh, in Outlander in the second book. His name, Interesting. He's, he's an important character. Yeah, he is, and I also can't remember his name. And I just literally watched It'll that come part. to me because, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, but yes. So it just, yeah. It reminded me. He's very similar characters. Um, but so, and this kid that they adopt in, in this book is named Jack. And he is a human. Mm-hmm. What? You know? Mm-hmm. And Matthew's like. Fergus. Oh, thank you, Fergus. <laughs> yes. I literally just watched the episode the other day for that. Um, oh, so, you do watch the show? Yeah. It's on Netflix now. Well, the first two seasons. Yeah. So anyway, so. Yeah, Fergus. But yeah, Jack. So um, and so Jack is just like a human. And even Matthew's like, we can't keep him. He Oh, because she beats him and he's starving. Like, I imagine there's lots of starving children in London yeah. in like the 1590s. Yeah, like but, all of them. Right, like a lot um, based on, I don't know, history. Um, and she like can't bear the sight of it. She's like, he's going to pass out. We need to take him home and adopt him. Yeah. And Matthew's like, what the hell are we doing? Like, you're a witch. I'm a vampire. He's going to figure out something weird, yeah. you know? And she's like, he must live with us now. And so she's just, like, adopting stray children now. Yeah. Um, she's also still pregnant um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she, unfortunately, does, we'll just get into that. She, unfortunately, does lose the baby. Um, yeah. And that is very sad and very hard on Matthew. Um, I think it's when they're in London that that happens. It, she's with, she knows Goody Allsup. Because I was okay. just looking and um, they're all taught, like, literally everyone in the coven has had a miscarriage or lost a child. Mm-hmm. So they're all talking about it. It's I'm smiling. It's not funny, but it's just one of those things where I just read that two seconds ago before we started this, mm-hmm. and it was sad and interesting because she's like, I don't know anyone in the modern day that's lost a kid, and literally every single woman in that coven has had a miscarriage or lost a baby, and it's like that's really sad. It it's really sad, sad. and um, a lot of people have miscarriages and lose babies right. all the time, and they Absolutely. just don't tell you. And that's she even says secret. that. Yeah. She even says that. She's like, I literally don't know anybody. And she's like, wait, well, I don't know anybody that's told me. Right. Yeah. So she even, she mentions that. It's a very private thing. Don't yeah. know anyone that's close enough that they feel the need to divulge Absolutely. that information mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Um, she's kind of a loner. Yeah. So it makes sense True. that people wouldn't lead with personal stuff like that about yeah. the Yeah. Um, but the one good thing that comes from Annie mm-hmm. is 
that's how she gets to Goody Allsup. Yes. Right? Because Annie's mom is Susanna. And, uh-huh. like, somehow they know. Are they family with Goody Allsup? I don't remember. But that or she's just a coven leader. Like, yeah, they're just in the coven. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it yeah. is. So then she comes and they start doing her training and realizing she's a stuff. Some, uh, type of witch, a very specific type of witch called a weaver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the reason that she can't do spells is because she has to create her own spells. Mm-hmm. And so a weaver can create spells and then other witches can use the spells that they've created, but a weaver generally can't learn anyone else's spells. They just won't work. Yeah. yeah. And weavers have familiars. Yes. And, like, Goody also has, like, a shadow, like Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, there's another one in, like, the Hebrew section that has a golem. Mm-hmm. But I think he's also in that coven. Is that right? I think it was a different coven. It might not be important. in Prague. You're right. You're right. We'll because she also talks to people there, too. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. But, yeah. But there's a guy that has, the like, the golem kind of creature. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting. So she, like, Goody also, like, starts helping her become a weaver. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that her familiar is like a dragon fire drake or fire drake fire drake Mm -hmm. is german for dragon (laughs) they keep i only said that because they keep distinguishing it in the book like people are like it's a dragon and she's like it's a fire drake look at its arms (laughs) all right i'm like okay damn i don't know maybe there's a difference in the arms i don't don't know know, but i do know um because i looked it up and i found that at least the internet told me it was german for dragon so very well might be and she names it cora yes well it tells her it's Oh, that's right. It tells her. And yeah. not and not for a long time, by the way. But anyway, so she has this mm-hmm. dragon that she can't control that now just, like, like flies out of her chest and, like, s- screeches from, like, the <laughs> chimney, and it's just uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And she can't control it, and probably because she's trying to control it, and it's a dragon, yeah. you yep. know, mm-hmm. or a fire dragon. <laughs> and, yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of a mess. And I feel bad for Matthew and all of this because he's not allowed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And... Diana is coming home with all this like weird concerning stories and yeah. news and like there's dragons like he's kind of just like I don't even want to know about your day anymore at this point <laughs> yeah like, I'm just gonna answer these like spy letters and I don't know you know like I feel like Matthew was not a very big force in this book like they fight mm-hmm. a lot in this book mm-hmm. uh, the relationship takes like some detrimental turns which makes sense because they barely started a relationship yeah this they've known each other like you rush into a marriage you guys after two weeks yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have some issues. And then you're stuck living in the 1590s with each other, and life's hard. Um, And so, and she just keeps bringing home wayward children. And And a dog. And a dog comes in the picture in Prague. So anyway, so basically, London's kind of cool, but there's this Father Hubbard drama a little bit. And they get these kids. And then he, um, oh, Queen Elizabeth calls him, oh, Mary Sidney. There you go. There was a person. I was like, there's actually someone relevant in this part of the story, and it's Mary Sidney. He was like a, I think another real person who was a notable lady and she was into alchemy as well. So she quickly friends Diana. She also knows that Matthew's a vampire because he's shitty at secrets, apparently. Not everyone should know you're a vampire in your life. <laughs> I don't know if he ever told her, but she's always suspected. She knows something. She yeah. knows. She's not like diet. he's obviously not like. No, because yeah. she knows. Yeah, she's like, she, because she assumes that, I think she's the one that assumes that her pregnancy is from rape. Okay. Because people start figuring out that Diana's pregnant, and, it, like, how would you be pregnant? So they assume it was from, like, her husband who passed away his baby. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. that she was, like, raped. Like, no one thinks that she can have this baby with Matthew. 
or whatever. She is a real person, by the way. Yes. Philip, Sydney's sister. Okay, let's get rid of that Google and post who she actually is. But, um, <laughs> um, well, she's apparently known for poetry and literature patronage. Poetry, Not poetry. writing it, but patronaging. Patronizing? No, that's different. Patronaging? Uh, patron. She, if you're a patron, you, like, support people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, if you patronize, you steal. <laughs> or true. plagiarize, you steal. <laughs> I didn't say plagiarize. I thought you said plagiarize. I said no. patronize, okay. but I don't think that's a word. It's like patronizing. patronizing Whatever, it's different. Anyway, it says she was known for poetry and literature patronage. Well, thank you, Mary Sydney, for your contributions. Yeah. She was the Countess of Pembroke, and I do think I remember them saying that. Yes. Yes. So she's the Countess of Pembroke. Yep. And um, she's awesome because she's kind of like a forward-thinking woman, which there aren't that many of, and the circle of friends that Diane's being introduced to. Um, she's into alchemy, hmm. um, and they kind of, like, forge a friendship. And mm-hmm. when she knows that, like, something's not right about Diana, although Diana doesn't specifically tell her what it is, yeah. um, but she, like, corrects her when Diana, like, basically steps out of, like, the social kind of circle or whatever, puts her foot in her mouth, you know, about, like, her husband or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know. She really kind of helps her. She's, like, I feel like one of her only actual friends that she makes this whole time. Yeah. Other so, than, like goody and the yeah other than goody yeah you know especially a friend that she doesn't actually need anything from um and so they end up having to go to court um for the queen calls matthew um because she hasn't seen him and she needs a report and she's heard that he's married this like tall old woman and she's jealous um and luckily mary sydney actually shows up at court and comes to the rescue there for diana because someone has a book or i don't know so basically the queen what's i don't remember her whole deal as to why she sends matthew after something but like there's been a book stolen it's it's the whole john d thing right like john d who is another real person a notable alchemist from Mm -hmm. the time um had this book that i i don't know if we know yet but it turns out to be ashmole 782 yeah Mm -hmm. and he went to to prague again i don't really know why (laughs) But he was there, and, like, instead of – they were supposed to give him a gift of a book, and, like, instead of gifting him a book, they stole his book mm-hmm. and gave him a different book, and he didn't realize it till he got back. Mm-hmm. So I think that's – they were sent yeah. to go see John D and, like, figure out the whole book situation. Because it was supposed to be yeah. hers. And the it was Queen's? Yeah, I think okay. it was, like, supposed to be, like, part of her collection or something, gotcha. and then he showed up with the wrong book. Oh, I remember why she wants this book. Why? Because she believes that the book has the power to make the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, because so that's what everyone thinks alchemy is at this point. Yeah, a yeah. trip to immor- immortality. Yeah. Yes. Um, when they should just be looking for the Fountain of Youth. But, no. <laughs> but so, yeah, so she thinks that this book has the secret to immortality. And sure. so that's why the queen wants it. And so she sends them, them both reluctantly to go visit John D and figure this out. So they go visit John D. I think, or that he's already in Prague. Um, I feel like they're not, he just got back from Prague. Oh, okay. And he, they, like, go to his house and meet his wife, and they're, like, that book was beloved, and this book is vile, <laughs> which is weird, because you'd think it would be the other way around, mm-hmm. knowing what we know. because the other book that he has that I would need to look up what it's called is a real book, and it's fascinating, because it is a one. book that no one still has been able to trace a source to. It is written in a language that is connected to no other language, and it describes plants that um, have no relation to any plant on Earth that we can find. Through that's botany. Cool. That's Maybe cool. that's why they were freaked out by it. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. And so, um, and because she's like, it looks like they're chimeras or whatever. Like, the plants are, like, 
it looks like maybe it shows like ways to like genetically modify plants that like, we don't know Botany. what this book says mm-hmm. because none of the plants are from earth apparently very yeah. like, the illustrations and cool. uh none of the words are written in any language we know so basically the two theories is that it's just completely rubbish which Gibberish. is what they determine yeah. or that it's from aliens so do with that what you will hmm. but that's why i know what this book is it's that's called funny. the voyage manuscript or something it's like yeah voynich i think yeah that's how she via says like y n i c h you can actually look it up it's really cool you can see pictures of it online um but it's a real book and so i thought it was funny when they're like this book is stupid these plants aren't even real these aren't words i was like well this book is actually infamous because of those very reasons that's funny but anyway so i digress <laughs> i enjoyed that part because i yeah. was like i know what that is um <laughs> So, yeah, so then they go to Prague to try and get the actual book that was stolen by um, the emperor's alchemist, Edward Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because they need this book. And from their dis- discussion with Dr. D, it does sound like it is the Ashmore that they're looking for. Yeah, because uh-huh. I think when they go to his house, they're hoping that that D has yeah. Ashmore 782. Like, they're hoping that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, no, that's not it. But, yeah. yeah, so they're going there hoping that's that's what that is. So, yeah. So it's super fun. Um, so instead they end up in Prague. And I think Prague is my least favorite location in this book because this was the part that I was like, why are we here? Like, I know why we're here. Um, yeah. It's for the book. Uh, but so the emperor is kind of like – and I, I just don't think I like the emperor's character because he's kind of like that – um crazy like almost reminds me of like not Nero because he was full crazy but like the like I just indulge my like every woman fantasy like not really concerned with ruling not really concerned with like any kind of responsibility but he immediately has like a huge crush on Diana Mm -hmm. as player everyone she's so beautiful even though she's so strange looking and he starts (laughs) yeah because she's tall he's just like She's like a circus freak, and everyone wants her. Um, <laughs> uh, but really, she's just like a modern woman in the past. Yeah. But so he starts calling her La Diosa. And he, like, everyone is now to call her La Diosa. Yeah. And Matthew is just getting, like, pissed off by this because he's like, her name is Mistress Royden to you. She is my wife. And they're like, oh no, she's La Diosa. Yeah. And, like, the Emperor starts, like, commissioning work of her, like, naked, yeah. painted as the goddess Diana. And he's like, I'm going to call it La Diosa, and I would love for you to pose for me. And, like, he sends her gifts of, like, uh, like jewels. Jewels and, like, the one thing that runs across the table and has, like, bared breast, you know? Yeah. And Matthew's just getting, like, more and more pissed off. Yeah. Um, hold on, I need to cough real quick. <clears throat> Sorry. So Matthew's just getting, like, more and more pissed off because his emperor keeps sending, like, his wife all these obscene and inappropriate gifts. And it's, like, very obviously, like, I'm going to seduce you. I'm the emperor, you know? Right. And so, but they have to, like, kind of, like, play into his, like, fantasy, I guess, you know? Because they want to be in his favor to get to the book. Exactly. Um, Because they don't even know if he has the book still, but we think so. Um, So he... (laughs) Alicia, do you want to talk about, um, like, the play? Do you want to cover that part, or do you, was that the part you don't remember? You That's the part I don't really remember was the well, play. Well, then describe it. Grab what I don't really remember. No, I'll do it, I guess. Okay, sorry. You just need to talk soon because you're being very quiet. I'm not trying to be. You're just doing such a good job. Well, I just finished this book today, so it's fresh in my mind. <laughs> I read it, like, three or four years ago. <laughs> Less so, fresh. <laughs> that's probably why you don't remember this part very well. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's... 
it's not really relevant. I don't know. Basically, well, I'll... You go for it, Seuss. So yep. basically, the only reason it's relevant is because she gets a favor in the end. Yes. But there's some sort of celebration, mm-hmm. and he wants her to do a pageant or... A play. A play. I think they call it something else, but mm-hmm. yeah, like, it's a play, basically. And he wants it to be something lecherous where he, like, basically makes out with her in front of his old court. She's like, no, I have a better idea. You call me Diana. Let's just do Diana. Mm -hmm. And Matthew will be whoever. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be Zeus. You'll be powerful, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she, like, uses her magic. But everyone is like, oh, special effects, cool. (laughs) And then, like, she ends up in front of him or something, like, making something light up. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's awesome. She's gorgeous. He's like, oh, you're a goddess. Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? I'll do anything. And she's like, let me see the fucking book. Yeah. And he's like, cool. He's like, ah. And he's like, you could have asked for anything, yeah. but you asked to see this book. Mm-hmm. And that only lets him know how much more valuable this book is. Yeah. They don't understand this book at all. And right. I don't think you really cared about it. Mm-mm. But, like, suddenly the only thing you asked for is this book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I think it was, I, I don't know if it was Gideos, but someone told her before that the book would come to her if she only would ask for it. So that's when she took that to very literally mean ask the emperor to see the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. So after a lot of more pomp and circumstance, she gets to see the book. They're like in a crowded room with yeah. like a bunch of people looking yeah. at his stuff. And I did want to say, I looked it up, Edward Kelly is another real person. So. Which actually, <laughs> this stuff I don't mind. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the Same. people that you don't know, mm-hmm. I don't mind because that's cool. And like the thing you said about the book that was real, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. Like I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says he worked with Dr. John Dee. And in this, they were not friends. <laughs> they, I think <laughs> they did maybe work together before. But... Um, and he was there in the crowded room. Mm-hmm. And go, so you can go back to that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. So basically, they finally get to see this book, right? And they're so excited, obviously. I mean, they've been on a really big hunt for it mm-hmm. this whole time. And they've been there for so long. They've almost been back in time for six months at this point. Yeah. We're getting towards the end. Yeah. They've almost been there six months of their lives, right? Living in these weird, <clears throat> like, oh, the emperor sent them a dog. This is where they got the dog. Oh, yeah. Like, all the kids oh, are there. Yes. All, all Glass is there. Pierre is there. Everyone is there in Prague now, you know. Yeah. Mop, the dog, is there. Um, mm. And so, but, you know, they finally see the book. And the book is intact. Mm-hmm. And so they see, like, the missing pages. Because they've only seen one of the three missing pages. And so the first page, I believe, is the one that has, like, the tree. And it looks like the Arbor Diane. Oh, so with Mary Sydney, at one point, they combined their bloods. Mm-hmm. And it made a different kind of tree. Yeah. Which I would need to Google what this looks like. But either way, it, like, made, like, a weird, like, blood fruit or something. Yeah. And it was golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, like, it was actual alchemy. Like, it actually made gold, which is the yeah. whole one of the original points of alchemy right it was to turn blood into gold (laughs) so um their blood actually made kind of golden fruit appear on this like weird blood tree it was so weird but anyway the point is (laughs) um that they see the stupid book and it has what looks like their tree but when you look at it it's not made of blood it's made of like lots of like writhing bodies and pain and then like the next one is i think the the wedding um which is the page they've seen before. And then the other one is the two dragons that are, like, entwined. Mm-hmm. But when they look at it, it doesn't actually look like dragons. It looks like maybe her fire drake. And his he has another family crest that is revealed to us 
in this book, which is a salamander, which looks very similar to the Ouroboros, except for it has legs. And so they're like, this could be like the Ouroboros salamander thing, you know? Do you have it? Oh, Alicia pulled it up. Yeah, that's the one I found. I was trying to look for a better like, one. Like a drawing? Or... Doesn't really look like a tree. That's okay. Well, so that's like the so we're looking at a picture of the Arbor Diani. We both Alicia and I looked it up, and I think that's probably like someone today following it because oh, yeah. it looks like a bunch of like crystals in a jar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to. There's like a yeah, but that doesn't really help the either. There's like a drawing. That's more what I imagine. But it's yeah, yeah. It's drawings like that too. Yeah, so. so you can look it up to see, you know, what it looks like. What it actually is. Yeah. So that's cool. Science is cool. Yeah. But so, so the first page looks like it's portraying that mm-hmm. Arbor Diane thing. Yeah. And then the other one is what looks like more monsters representing her and Matthew. Mm-hmm. And they can't tell if they're fighting or making love. But either way, they're dropping blood, which is like producing. The blood is like turning into things on the bottom, like creation yeah. at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so, but before they get to see much more of it or really even learn much more of it, like the words are intact. Yeah. Like it's a really good moment or whatever. Um, Edward Kelly, who is like, connected to the book and he's like really they mentioned he's, he's like been really studying protective it. yeah he's been studying it and they're saying it's kind of made him kind of go crazy and he's a demon right he's a demon yeah mm-hmm. um super quick sidebar i think at this point while diana's pouring over it matthew's starting to say like hey it smells weird yeah well, right i don't think he says it but like she could tell like he makes that something's face. weird yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she thinks that like feels weird or there's like something she can weird tell she something's weird yeah. yeah and luckily they quickly figure out that the pages are made from creatures mm-hmm. so instead of being made like deer like hide deer hide or yeah. like vellum is like animal hide that's yeah. treated to become a page you know instead of being done this it's thousands or hundreds of actual witches vampires and demons that are actually making this book right and so because she's a weaver she can see like these cords like broken cords that are connecting the book to Edward Kelly and like mm-hmm. that is trying to like connect to her like his family members probably in there right and he's like mumbling crazy shit he's like your name's already in the book or whatever yeah. to like Diana and she's like all right you know <laughs> and so it's all kind of going pretty crazy and then like he like takes I don't remember how he gets a hold of the book again but Edward Kelly like starts ripping the pages out so he rips the first three pages out immediately mm-hmm. and then all hell kind of breaks loose because like the emperor's in there too like this room is full of people yeah and Matthew and Diana are like, we've got to get out of here, mm-hmm. you know? And the emperor's like, you're not excused or whatever. Oh, and Galaglass has just been killing people. <laughs> like, he's just been, like, killing guards, yeah. like, in, in the emperor's palace. Because I think their idea was just to steal the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so Galaglass was, like, trying to clear a path. So instead they leave the book and they all run out of there. Um, and they go back to their house, which is not the best place if you're running for the emperor to probably go. Yeah. Uh, but it works. <laughs> and... Matthew and Galaglass go back that night and actually steal the now damaged book back. Mm-hmm. And then they all flee in the night mm-hmm. to back to London. Yeah. And um, Matthew has Galaglass hide the book. Um, but he hides it like in their house. It's like because her dad finds it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. yeah. but anyway, so at this point, like they found the book. She's pretty much understood her powers more. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're getting to the point where we need to go back to our time. Like, yeah. This has gotten out of control. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the walls are closing in on us now here. Yeah. <laughs> the emperor's after us. Um, Matthew has to go, oh, this is the part. Matthew has to go visit the queen. That's why he has to go visit the queen is because they're back. And he reports that, like, 
he did not make a sorcerer's stone. The emperor is not immortal, or nor has the secrets to immortality. Yeah. And he t- he tells her that like there is no secret to immortality, and she's like, "Bitch, you're a vampire." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> like he, it's really the like pot calling the kettle black situation. You know, like you're there's no vampires. She you says it. She says it in a real subtle way because she's like, "Um, your hair has not changed colors in the fifty years that I've known you." Right. <laughs> yep. Like, you look exactly the same as when I was a little kid. Yeah. You worked for my dad. So, explain yourself. So, she knows what's up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, Diana's really tired from their journey and, like, fleeing in the night and whatever. And so, she goes to their chambers to retire for the evening. Mm -hmm. Um, And the queen keeps Matthew to keep talking to her about other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And probably just a little bit to keep him away from Diana. For Um, sure. (laughs) And so, so she feels more important. And so she goes down there uh, to the chambers, and then, like, I think Pierre took her down there, and then Pierre leaves, mm-hmm. and she's alone, except for she's not alone, because who is in their room with the, their chambers of the queens? Yeah. Who's there? None other than Kit himself, Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. Who doesn't like her. Yeah. And so he looks very shocked that she's there. Mm-hmm. He's like ri- he's like writing poetry or something. And she knows what it is. Yes. Because she's a time walker. And he's yeah. like, how how dare you read my mind and know what I'm writing? And she's like, what? Right. I've already read it. Yeah. I just know. And I think he even knows she's a time walker, he, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. And then this is when it gets weird because then he like tries to play nice and it's like come on diana i know you know he says something this. like i'm gonna go show you something and she's like okay yeah let's go see whatever it is you're gonna show me and it's like get in why badly. are you doing this well, you were so tired you could barely walk to your room yeah so i think the last thing you'd want to do is then take a walk i'm yeah. sure i would just be like i'm gonna kick you out right and if you don't leave i'm gonna have a vampire eat you you know what i mean like yeah. get the hell out and he would have he was trying to leave but, yeah, he, like, has this idea. And she's, like, he's eating these weird candies um, <laughs> that are making him seem crazy. And she's, right. like, he's just, like, high on, like, love for Matthew or whatever. I was, like, Matthew's love is not that fucking great. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so he's, like, I want to show you something. And she's, like, fine, I will go with you. And I literally, I read this, like, two nights ago, mm-hmm. this part. And I put the book down. I was, like, how fucking stupid are you? Yeah. Like, this, you have to know. Don't go to a second location with this guy. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, he's broken into your rooms. You don't know why he's there. He's not told you why he's there. Right. He just called you, like, a bunch of offensive terms. Right. And, and now he wants to play nice. Yeah. yeah. Now and he's going to go with him. And you're yeah. not going to tell anywhere else, anyone else where you're going. Um, so, of course, she's just, like, let off with him to, like, where they do jousting or whatever. And, Alicia, do you want to take this part? Sure. So Woo! he ends up, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but he ends up, um, like, tricking her and, like, tying her up mm-hmm. to, like, a post. Mm-hmm. And Louisa, Matthew's crazy sister, appears. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're going to, like, torture her mm-hmm. and, they're like, kill her. Who gets to kill, kill her. her. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the plan is one's going to kill her. And I can't remember why Louisa hates her so much, truthfully. I think she's just a crazy woman crazy. and hates witches. And, and she's been drinking his blood, blood. Mm-hmm. because that's the only way, like, vampires get high is by drinking the blood of someone who's high. So he she's been drinking Kit's and blood. she has the blood rage, too. Yeah. And there might be more of a reason, but... Kit has like, convinced her yeah. that, I mean, she's crazy, so, like, yeah. there's that. Like, and she's not, like, and I, I was talking about this earlier, all, she's crazy, like, in the way Juliet was crazy. Like, she's mm-hmm. kind of unreasonably insane mm-hmm. um and so kit has convinced her that 
Diana has Matthew under a spell, which makes sense because modern Matthew that she knows hates witches, will right. never marry a witch, you know. And so he's like, she has him under the spell. She's controlling him. You need to free your brother or whatever. Yeah. And so I think that was the main thing. But then at this point, yeah, they're just high and they're trying to like fight over who gets to kill her. And they're like throwing the <laughs> jousting javelins, whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called, but they're like throwing them at the her. The lances. lances yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember, right. doesn't she end up using her fire drake, Cora, yes. finally, to yeah. like break free? Mm-hmm. Because she's just like, Oh no, I'm defenseless. No one knows I'm down here. I'm about to get murdered. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? How did yeah. I get here? You walked willingly. Yeah, you willingly came. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, come on. So yeah, I think she ends up releasing Cora, who like I don't remember. She like breaks her binds and like yeah, she does. She breaks her binds. Throws some fire at them or she something. She released Cora on purpose. Probably not. I think not. Cora did it on her own, right? Yeah, and well, then she. I think that she told she gave Cora permission Mission. Mm, okay. because that Cora was like wrapped around her belly Body. protectively yeah. protecting the babies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at least someone should be mm-hmm. because Diana wasn't thinking about that at all when she mm-hmm. walked out into the night with Christopher Marlowe alone, nope. you know, but sorry, go ahead, Alicia. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think that's really much it. Basically, Cora like gets her free and like throws some flames at him and I can't, I think they like take off. I don't know. No. See, my memory. <laughs> I, mean, I did not get a chance to Someone read this shows book. Up. So. Um, luckily, it, yeah, it's like. It's not Matthew yet. I think Annie shows up first. Yeah, I think so. And she's like, get out of here, Annie, because she's like a child, you know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because she, yeah. uh, Diana is able to actually trap them herself. Yeah. When she uses her actual magic for the first time defensively in this book, mm-hmm. she's able to like actually trap them and she basically like almost like builds a cage around them mm-hmm. um and then everyone starts showing up like Galaglass shows up matthew shows up and then matthew shows up and is super pissed well, yeah. and is like what's going on and they were both really high or whatever mm-hmm. and they get like imprisoned right big yeah they get in prison but like so the next day they're just kind of back in london and matthew just was like i'm going out darling see you later <laughs> she yeah. doesn't like question it at all but so Matthew has them like in some sort of sick prison, mm-hmm. um, and he's like bloodletting her, right? Yeah, he's like torturing them, and he's gonna kill them. Doesn't he like drain her blood enough so that she like detoxes from all the poison that's in her uh, veins? I don't, I can't tell. She was still insane. I feel like he like blood her out a little bit, like not so much that she died, obviously, but just so much that she was weak mm-hmm. and like forced to overcome. I wouldn't say she was weak. She was, like, restrained still. Yeah, but, like, weaker than she would was prior. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. So, um, and Father Hubbard shows up at this point, mm-hmm. and he finds um, Diana, and because he's looking for Kit. So, Father Hubbard finds her and is like, where's your husband? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's like, he's out just kind of, like, doing things. I don't know. And he's like, he has them imprisoned. And she's like, what? <laughs> and so luckily, she, Father Hubbard takes her there. And she stops Matthew from killing Louisa and Kit. Mm-hmm. And is like, you know, Father Hubbard, you are in charge of Kit mm-hmm. and his fate, you know. And he should be punished, but for sure, for like trying to kill me. But like, I don't want Matthew to kill him, right. you know. And Gallo Glass is there already, 
and she convinces Matthew to let Galaglass take Louisa away and that he doesn't want the death of his sister on his conscience either. And so that kind of all works itself out. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, thanks to her and strangely enough, Father Hubbard's intervention. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like the one good thing Father Hubbard does kind of part of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Um, although at that point, I was just kind of like, kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I was like, they both suck. I don't know. Yeah, they're um, terrible. I mean, they're they both die eventually. We know that. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. So um, at that point, they're like, okay, time to really go home. And I think it's it might not be on that walk home, but shortly after that, they run into, dun, 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 Diana's dad, yeah. you guys. Steven. <laughs> Steven Proctor in the house. Yeah. And he's alive. Yay. Oh, I just forgot something okay. that I'll put in super quick, and Do then it. we can go back to it. So... I forget who it is. It might be Annie. Mm-hmm. But at some point, oh, shoot. Okay, maybe this doesn't happen yet, actually. <laughs> okay, maybe I should come back to it. But at some point, she gives the chess piece mm. to oh. a friend in the coven. That's at the end. It doesn't happen yet. It doesn't. You can Never mind. It it's after. I mean, we know about it from the first book. Yeah. yeah. But she meets... She meets several people in the coven mm-hmm. that are, ironically, related to people she knows in America. Like, there's two different people in the coven that one, she's like, oh, you are going to be the great-great-great-grandmother of Sophie, that demon witch lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just magically showed up here. And I feel like there's another person that's like. She runs into her own relative. Yeah, her own relative right. because she's from America, but they're just randomly in the same place mm-hmm. in the 1500s. That happens at <laughs> least twice. Yeah, twice. Okay, so anyway, it comes back later, but we know at this point she knows somebody who's the relative of Sophie. Sorry. Yeah, no, I thought right. that happened already. My bad. Oh, you're fine. No, but you're right. Because it, it is the relative of Sophie who gave yeah. her the piece later. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So she runs into her dad, which I think yeah. is funny because Matthew, like, goes to attack him, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> and so I really liked her dad showing up, although it was at the very end of the book. Um, because we know he's a time walker. Even in the show, she walks past him at one point when she's going into the library and yeah. she just, like, turns around and then but she doesn't she's, see him. Yeah, she, like, she's not even sure he's there. Yeah, because yeah. why would he be? She didn't know he could time walk and something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was really early in the show. But I was like, hopefully her dad comes into the future based on that, like, two-second scene in the show. And so he did. Um, and it's, like, kind of cool because, obviously, she's been without her dad her whole life. And she kind of gets her dad back. And it's really helpful because he's a weaver, too. Mm-hmm. And he goes with her and meets, like, Goody Alsop in the whole coven or whatever. And he's just immediately accepted, unlike Diana. Yeah. You know, they're just like, Stephen, what's up? Um, <laughs> and he is, um, he helps her with her dragon. And he helps her with her stubbornness, which I really like that. Like, both her and Matthew. Like, mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm not going to mince words because we don't have a lot of time together. Yeah. You guys are screwing up. You know what right. I mean? He's like, you've been here for too long he's like you're not time walking anymore you're living in the past right you know he's like he's like the longest i would ever stay anywhere would be two weeks and he's like and most of my trips are less than 48 hours you know he's like you can't live here because you affect the future and you change things yeah um and you're gonna get caught (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so and she's just kind of like trying to justify like what they've been doing and he's like you have a dog you have two adopted children. Yeah. You know, he's like, you're interacting with all of these famous people. And right. he's like, what are you doing? Like, how do you not see this? He's like, I'm sorry, honey, I love you, but you've screwed this up, you mm-hmm. know? And he's like, it's time to finish what you're doing and to go home. Mm-hmm. And, like, luckily she also calls him out on the fact that he's actually looking for Ashmore 
782 or whatever. Like, yeah. she's like, I know why you're here, too. And so, and of course, they have it at the house, and Jack just kind of gets it for him. When he, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, Mistress Rudin calls it her book of monsters or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, so I had to see what that was. Um, and so they kind of, like, fill in a lot of gaps, and it's just kind of like a cute part of the book that I liked. Yeah, me too. Um, and where it's like, you know, but you kind of get something back, and then he also for sure knows his fate. And, yeah. and it helps with, like, in the first book when they know about her shadow man mm-hmm. and they know about her future or whatever. Yeah, part of it is because her mom had, like, gifts of seeing the future. Right. But another part is because probably because her dad, like, time-walked and met them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a combination thing. Yeah. So. And so I really like that part. Um, yeah, I did too. But luckily her dad leaves because he, he doesn't have, like, boundary issues. <laughs> and um, after two weeks, like, he stays with them for two weeks, basically, and then it's like... If I don't go, your mom's going to think I'm shacking up with someone here. You know what I mean? Well, and the thing is, like, he he lies to her. Yeah. And he's, and, like, I think it was the day before a holiday. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're going to have the bestest holiday ever. And he's like, I'm going to go spend it with Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to go see Shakespeare. And she's like, what? And then, like, he leaves. Oh. <laughs> and, like, she knows and he knows and Matthew knows. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard. Matthew's like, you should never have to say goodbye to your kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, at least he gets to go back. And she's like a little girl, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, for her, like, she just gets to go back He's to her gone. dad's dead yeah. forever. And so I feel bad for her. But luckily, I was glad that her dad left because she was not going to let him leave. Like, there was no. never going to be a moment where she was going to be like, okay, go back. You know? Yeah. No. Also, just as a sidebar, I know mm-hmm. in every lore and book where ghosts are involved, there's different rules. Mm-hmm. And we know there's ghosts in this universe. Mm-hmm. But we know the rule is, oh, I hope we know this. Am I giving it away too early? I don't know. I don't think it's giving it away. I don't think it is. I don't Do know. you know? I don't know any rules about ghosts. Never mind. I don't know ghost rules right now. I don't it's think it's giving it her. away. You you can't see them until you don't need them anymore. Mm. Did that? I don't think that really gives too much away. I don't think that gives anything away, but I didn't know you that. don't know it yet. Sorry. So you don't see them until you don't need until them until you don't need them anymore. That's why okay. she can't see her parents or M. Interesting. Or well, she can't see her parents. We're about to get to that. <laughs> you know yes. that part. Yes. So it's no. not a spoiler to you. It's yes. not a spoiler. It's about to, about to be about to be a spoiler in about three seconds for yeah. else. So because basically after her dad leaves. The rest of this book, which there's two more sections, is just her saying goodbye to people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, like, this morning when we read the movie, Alicia was like, have you finished it yet? I was like, if she would stop saying goodbye to everyone, <laughs> yeah. I would be done with this book. But no, like, like every, get them all together for a party or yeah, something. have an announcement that you're leaving yeah. or something. Um, and most of it has nothing to do. Like, she has to go say goodbye to Goody Aslip, and she teaches mm-hmm. her one more knot about eternity that looks exactly yeah. like the Ouroboros or whatever. Like, yeah. ooh, you know what I mean? I was just like, end it, you know? There's... I feel like she doesn't know how to end these books, Deborah Harkness. I feel like yeah. you need to take your last, I don't know, in this case, 10 chapters and just assess them. And if you can end it in, like, three lines and you're taking 10 chapters, you should work on that a little bit. Because sure. it could have just been like... It was really hard to say goodbye to the following people, right. you know. Yeah. And really, the only important one is going to see Father Hubbard. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, maybe the fact that she makes uh, Matthew um, like apologize or not, not apologize, but accept the apology of Kit. Yeah. Like she makes them kind of become friends again because Kit has a part of the peace getting to her in the future. They know, right? Um, I thought of something else. Oh, what is it? I think it happened in Prague. I think we missed it. Okay. Um, Benjamin shows up. 
Very briefly, Benjamin shows up. Very briefly, somebody named Benjamin shows up. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know who he is. Mm -hmm. He's talking to a nice witch person. I think the one that makes the golem or, like, they know the guy. Anyway. um, But he's clearly, like, weird. Yeah. And the guy is, like, he calls him his friend, but he's clearly not his friend. Mm -hmm. And we find out that it's actually his Matthew's son. Mm -hmm. Right? You know that, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, that's pretty much all we get, but he's volatile, he's scary, Matthew hates all of that, he has Mm -hmm. blood rage. I think that's all we know for now, but it's important for later. And we know that he's basically been excommunicated from the family, he's been disowned, he's not considered a part of the Declaremonts anymore, and he doesn't consider Matthew his father. Right. So, that's awkward. I think that's all we know, but it's important for later. It is. We'll touch after we kind of wrap this up on other things that happen in the story, which we're almost at. So, but basically, they finally, they say goodbye. She goes to see Father Hubbard because she Mm -hmm. has these two children that she needs someone (laughs) to take care of. Yep. And we can't have our current timeline Matthew take care of them because he hates witches. So, he won't take care of Annie and he won't take care of a human, which is what Jack is. She can't take him with her either. And she can't take them with her into the future. Mm -mm. Um, And so, she goes to Father Hubbard and gives, like, with money and asks him to take care of them. And he's like, I'll take care of Annie because she's a part of my family. And he's like, but I'm not going to take care of Jack. He's a person. He can figure it out. He's just a human. Right. Um, and she's like, if I let you taste a drop of my blood, you know, mm-hmm. would you consider? You know? Right. And so she basically kind of like comes to, I don't want to say tricks him, but comes to No, she tricks him. She definitely she does, does. A little bit. Because she legitimately says, okay, I'll give you a drop of my blood. And he's like, cool. You can't just stop at a drop of blood. Right, exactly. <laughs> Except for she can because she's a witch. So right. she opens up her vein and has one drop of blood come out and, like, freeze. Yeah. And that is his drop of blood. Yeah. But still, I feel like that drop of blood's going to tell him what he needs to know. Mm. You yeah. Know? So in that way, I don't feel like she tricked him. <laughs> True. But I don't know, you know. But at least she didn't get fed on. Because she doesn't want Matthew to know about this at all. Because mm-hmm. Diana also has secrets. And she doesn't want Matthew to know what she has done. True. Sure. Correct. Um. So... And I don't know how that's going to play out because Father Hubbard is a vampire, and I don't know if he's in book three or not. He obviously wasn't in book one, but mm. I don't know mm-hmm. how this may play out. But he agreed to take care of Annie and of Jack, um, and I don't even think I don't even remember if he accepted her money, but he should have probably. Yeah, I don't remember. Kids are probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. It was for the kids, so yeah. So anyway, so then it's kind of like they go back, and but before we get to them kind of going back, we get like. Well, they go back, and they're in the bishop's house, um, and then they have to get the septors, which is, once again, like, why was that a chapter no. of them just, like, switching cars out? Like, I don't care that Marcus left them a flashy car, yeah. and <laughs> that Matthew didn't like it was flashy, and he exchanged it at a dealership in some random country, like, Amsterdam, and then they kept driving. Like, I don't care. Like, I was like, oh. Oh, and she built a telescope before they left. She helped someone... Oh, yeah. With a telescope. She's like, I'm going to go make a telescope. And I because like, she didn't like that this guy didn't get the credit. That Galileo got the credit because yeah. this guy didn't make any sort so of she, publications. So she, like, made sure his name was engraved on it or something. Yes, yeah. with a date. Yeah. Um, so oh, and at some point earlier on, they both had little cameos mm-hmm. yes, made, made for each other. Mm-hmm. And, they, like, part of their farewell was, like, stashing them away somewhere. Exactly. And, like, her book was stashed away. She had a book that was real boring. Yeah, at the beginning, she's, boring. like, trying to write. She's just writing down, like, I washed clothes today in a book. Yeah. This was the beginning of this book. This is why it was hard to get into you, because she's like, <laughs> let me practice my letters. I was like, oh, my God. You, you know, know how to write. Yeah. yeah. It's not just the... using a quill. Uh, so, yeah. So, it was yeah. hard. There are hard parts. But we'll, we'll kind of get to that. But, yeah. so, basically, they get back. And then we kind of get, like, the two years later, basically, in the past still. 
So that's after Christopher Marlowe has died, which is, I think, what you're getting to with the the actual chess piece that Annie's family gets to her. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's, like, a little letter, and so um, she was supposed to bring it to Father Hubbard for the instructions, and then he reads the little, like, letter and then gives it back to her and is like, you're to hang on to this or whatever. Gotcha. Um and before they left, she ran into one of her old relatives, like Susie mentioned, and she gave her the earring that was in the poppet. That's who that was. Okay. That came out of the <laughs> chimney in the first place. And that's book. how Bridget Bishop got it in the first yep. place. Yes. So, like, there's, like, a whole, like, they do kind of tie up some things, which I liked about that. But so the big thing, and then we'll get to, like, these little parts, is that when we get back to the future, we realize that there's been kind of a major death in our main cast of characters from book one. Yeah. And it just kind of, it's like literally three sentences almost mm-hmm. in, this, in this book. So it's, I've been assured a bigger part of book three. Yes. Um, yeah. I imagine it will be. Yeah. Um, but because throughout, very briefly throughout this book, we get like a chapter, and it'll be really short, of like something going on in our present timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, like Peter Knox, for example, trying to track down who has Ashmore 782. And he's trying to find Diana and Matthew because he's probably figured out they've time walked. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to like find evidence. And every time they change something, there'll be, like, an article or something. Like, the telescope is an article. The telescope is yeah. discovered suddenly. Yeah. And this rewrites the timeline for the discovery of, of well, the invention of the telescope, you know? Yeah. And so, like, what they're doing is kind of showing up in the future if you know how to look for it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, Isabeau gets a little note from Philippe after the wedding. You yeah. know, that, like, he met their daughter or whatever. Like, yeah. they have a system in their library of leaving notes within their books. Just sweet. I thought yeah, that was really that cute. is really sweet, actually. Because they so much happens, yeah. and they don't always see each other. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, like, she gets a note from him about the wedding, which obviously hadn't taken place before. Um, and so they are, like, having tiny effects in the future mm-hmm. if you know how to look for them. So Marcus, for example, is going around and basically collecting all of these kind of artifacts. Yeah. Like, the book and the portraits that they have commissioned. Yeah. And, you know, any sort of the, the necklace. There's, yeah. Um, the weird necklace the emperor, I think, gave her. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and so, like, these sorts of things Marcus is collecting to try and, like, cover up basically any changes that they've made in time. Yeah. In the interim, he's fallen in love with, like, the girl who works at, like, the curator's office or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. she's now living as part of the conventicle, even though she's a human. Yeah. Uh, in Septors with Marcus. So it's going really well. I mean, it's moving fast. Yeah. You know? It's moving fast, yeah. <laughs> it's been no more than six months, and they're living together yeah. with Isabeau in Septors. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but they're, um, we kind of get that because they're not allowing them to purchase the telescope because that's obviously a pretty big discovery. Yeah. And so they're, they're refusing to sell the telescope. And uh, they're concerned about the effect this may or will not have. Um, but so we kind of get this knowledge that, like, they're still being hunted. And basically, people on their side are basically trying to cover up any evidence of where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and waiting for them to come back. Like, and, they're also, yeah. like, looking for clues. And Isabel's excited because she's like, Diana wouldn't have done anything this reckless. Or so she thinks. Mm. If she <laughs> didn't, if she felt like she, she didn't have anything to lose. So she thinks the telescope is so bold of a move that it means they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's right. It pretty much was. She yeah. is, yeah. yeah. But in this, she goes and she goes to tell Sarah this, mm-hmm. um, this kind of news that she has. Um, and that's when we discover when she's visiting Sarah. And at first, I didn't notice, because Sarah's kind of like... Cold. A volatile, kind of cold character. She's yeah. kind of 
you know, she, like, fights a lot. Not kind of with everyone except for M. Yeah. You know, and she might fight with M, too, but we don't see it. Like, she fights with Diana. Sure they do, but... She fights with Isabeau. Like, she's very, like, strong-willed, you know? Mm-hmm. So you don't notice at first that she's just, like, in a shitty mood. Um, and it's just kind of casually revealed in conversation that her uh, mate... M is dead. Yeah. Yep. Like, we don't know what happened, mm. except for witches got a hold of M somehow, mm-hmm. and that M has died. And that M died to protect Sophie and Nathaniel's baby, because the baby's been born. Mm-hmm. And so, that's what we know. And I was just kind of like, what? It was like the last, like, not, like, it felt like three pages of this book. Mm-hmm. It's just like, by the way, M is dead. And I was like, are you kidding me? You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And I would say that would be the main thing for me to keep reading at this point. Like if, I, if we weren't doing this podcast and I was just reading these on my own, mm-hmm. that would be my main proponent to pick up that third book. Yeah. Not that the fact that they're going to have a weird baby or that the congregation is hunting them or what. Like, no. I'm like, why and how did M get killed? And that's so unfair. And can we undo it? And I don't think the answer to that is probably yes, but... It's just messed up. Yeah. So anyway, shortly after that, they arrive at Septor's and are greeted by basically a lot of people, not everyone, but they're greeted by like the baby that Isabeau's holding mm-hmm. and it's revealed that not only is Diana pregnant, but she's pregnant with twins, mm-hmm. which run in her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a twin brother that she absorbed in the womb. Yeah. Um, which was mentioned briefly in book one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always kind of thought that was maybe why she's so powerful. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I but think that might be. It, it looks like she's pregnant with twins now, um, and which also might make sense because earlier Matthew was swearing that their baby was going to be a boy and she swore it was going to be a girl. So I have a theory that maybe it's one of each. I yeah. don't know. I haven't yeah, read the third interesting. one yet. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Um, and so, yeah, so... Like, there's a lot going on, and she's just kind of like, where's M? And Isabel's like, let's go inside, dear. Let's yeah. go see everyone else, you know? Yeah. So, like, not even Diana knows that Emily is or is dead in this book's at the end of book two. Yeah. Yep. True. And that's it. That's Shadow of Night, mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. Not a lot happens until at the very end when you find out <laughs> Emma's dead. They don't get the book. I mean, they get the book, but then they realize they can't take the book with them. Mm-mm. Luckily, yeah. her dad explains to them that they can't take the book with them. Yeah. Um, but so they can't take the book with them. She finds out more about herself about being a witch, but I wouldn't say has mastered her powers yet. Um, she's much closer. She, like, she, awakens them. She, yeah. yeah. She's much closer, luckily. Um, it was good for her because, you know, weavers were something that used to be very common, mm-hmm. and then they all got killed off by other witches. By other witches. And so it's, yeah. like, it's very rare, and knowing that her father and his family were weavers, but mm-hmm. then clearly neither are in the picture. It's, like... Right. You know, how many weavers are there about that she could learn from? You yeah. know, so she definitely needed that. But, yeah, I agree. So, yeah. And at least they were able to pretty much hide from the congregation. But so going into book three, we have a ton of loose ends. You know, basically everything is loose end. We don't know what happened to M or how we're going to solve that. Um, we don't have a solve for the congregation. <laughs> um, there's, like, and they're still pregnant with their babies that could come out as like tiny baby vampires like we don't know um, <laughs> yeah. little Dracula's coming at you yeah. so there's like a lot still in the air so book two was good it was very adventurous I would say like everything is a new Not kind of adventurous adventure. as I wanted it to be but yes, yeah it's also kind of like I felt like it just kind of dragged for me just because with every new place we go to I didn't always feel like there was a return 
on the time spent a there. reason yeah there were a reason like, to go <laughs> i almost wish that they could have time hopped like i know that wouldn't mm-hmm. really make sense in the story mm. but at least it would have given you some variety i don't know yeah like yeah if they like gone to like almost like or if they'd been hunting the book the whole time i think yeah. that would have helped and it was like, okay, well, we've located that the book was here, and then it got sent to this person. Yeah. But the only time we know of this person is their location in 10 years. We'll go there yeah. 10 years later. Like, I feel like it could have been just a little more exciting to pull me through. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't care for all of the male characters that were suddenly <laughs> involved no. um, in the Shadow of Night. I found them kind of annoying. Um, so, and... Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of romance in this book between Matthew and Diana. A lot of it, they were just fighting and shitting with each other. Yeah. And yep. that also was hard for me because, like, I just fell in love with them in book one. Mm-hmm. And then book two is like, we're in a fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no in all fairness, for you. they only knew each other for like a month. That's yep. true. This. That's completely true. You're going to have but some ups and downs. Bonded yeah. by trauma, I guess. Right. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. So I am excited to see how this whole thing ends. I don't know how it's going to end. And I'm really excited for the show uh, Mm -hmm. for season two. Because I think that a lot of the things that bothered me will kind of get plotted out. Or at least I won't have to hear the eternal monologue. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But all in all, good. Um, What are we going to rate this, bad boy? Someone else go first. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe a four. I'm not sure. I'm going to say three and a half on this. I'm going to say two and a half. Oh, damn. (laughs) I just again I haven't read I haven't read it in like a couple months listened to it yeah but it just it made me really angry when I was reading it Mm -hmm. and again I don't know if it's all the book's fault like maybe I was just in a weird headspace I just wanted more from it Mm -hmm. um we've been we've been making a lot of parallels to Outlander which I like for its own reasons but it also has its flaws. So to me, this reminded me a lot of that. Like, you're stuck in the same time period. And and see, I never read Out- Outlander at all. So, like, maybe that's I why I'm not struggling quite as much with it like you guys are. Yeah. yeah. So, like, to me, it wasn't I mean, as bad. It was something different, different for me that I read. Yeah. It, it also has been, like, three or four years since I read it. Yeah. yeah. I remember it wasn't, like, I found it interesting, but I definitely liked the third book a lot more. I feel like that moved a lot faster. It tied up yeah. all those loose ends. This one created loose ends. Yes. Yeah. Whereas the first like one filler. had a little bit of it, but this one definitely, like, yeah. p- pinpointed other things that need to get resolved. Yeah. Um, I feel like... So it's kind of one of those in-between books. I feel like all that you could have done with this is, like, a prologue <laughs> in the next book and just said, they went back in time, this is what happened, and maybe, like, a paragraph. Or not a paragraph, yeah. like a chapter. Yeah. And then, like... Got reveal it. some of those things that actually mattered throughout. Like, I don't feel like it had to be this long of a book. I agree. I feel like it, it was too long because mm-hmm. I was really excited for time travel. I love time travel. Mm-hmm. It's yes. one of my favorite things um, in general. And then I was just kind of like, why are we just like, st-? I felt like they were stuck. Yeah. I felt like they were stuck yeah. in their own, yeah. like, Matthew's own shit pile. You know what I mean? It was like, well, we've come here. I chose when we're going. And now our hands are tied. Yeah. And I felt like Matthew's hands were tied the whole time. I didn't feel like he was like the same powerful Matthew that we've known mm-hmm. all of book one. <laughs> right. You know? And so, I don't know. I'm excited to be back in the present time suddenly. Yes. And for all of our other characters. Mm-hmm. So. And Marcus. I miss Marcus. Definitely. Yeah, I like Marcus. So. Anyway. But, yeah. All in all, good. 
excited for book three Mm -hmm. um and we'll see what happens and we'll see how long it takes for book three to end (laughs) as someone who just spent the last two nights reading or today reading the end of this book (laughs) knowing it was the end i feel like it moves faster like i I said it's been a very long time since i've read it so i feel like it'll it might even wrap up a little too quickly i don't know i need to i'm gonna need to redo it okay well we will catch you guys next time thank you so much for joining us and that was all yeah, bye. Bye. Bye.